Let's go, girls. Hi, Whitney. Hey, I love it. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just feel like if we're doing an episode about the queen of country pop, you got to start that way. You can't start this episode in any other form or fashion. That's right. Um, How's your 2023 going so far? Just marvelous. Just marvelous. (laughs) It's only been a day, but uh, (laughs) But I'm expecting a a lot out of you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's been chill. How cool. about you? Um, yeah, it's been chill. I work in banking, so we're off today. So that's great. I love that. I love banking holidays. So, how did you ring in your new year? Um, I had a work friend come over, and we just watched Mean Girls, and we were supposed to drink wine. I didn't really drink that much. I don't know. I wasn't in drinking mood, and then. Oh, we did this thing. There was this thing on TikTok where it says, write down 300 things that you would like God to give you in 2023. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a lot. That's a I'm lot at of like things. Number, I'm at number 50, okay? <laughs> and it's very hard to keep. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take, because I was like trying so hard to think that no, I just couldn't think of anything else. And I was like, okay. Well, then today I randomly remembered I've always wanted to do a Christmas song. So that's one thing. And it's just like, it's just going to have to happen like that. Just like pop into my head randomly. Because if I try to think about it too hard, I just like go freaking numb in the head. So, yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? Well, (laughs) I put my child to bed. Jeff was at work. And so, Mm -hmm. oh, so I'm the clumsiest person that I know. Okay. And I put a pizza in the oven. And when I was trying to get it out, the pizza slipped off the pan. So my reaction was save the pizza. Okay. So I (laughs) grabbed the pan without Uh an oven mitt. Oh my gosh. And so I burned the bejesus Uh out of my two fingers. And I was. Is that the same finger that you cut? No, but same hand. So the pinky. Is, yeah, when we did our um, spill the tea photo shoot, I broke the (laughs) teacup and it sliced my pinky like so bad. I went to urgent care and the nurse just looked at it in the waiting room and was like, ah, you're all right. (laughs) And I was like, there's that Florida healthcare. (laughs) She took Billy to the doctor, went to the emergency room, did all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And I woke up and and like... This had all happened while I was in there conked out, but in true mother fashion. I know, I know. A a whole (laughs) day's worth of activities happened while you and Shelby were asleep. (laughs) But yeah, no, same hand. I'm just, I'm just awful to my hand. And I literally stood in my kitchen and I just kind of had to come to Jesus with myself because I was like, (laughs) 22 just has to leave its mark, you know, has to leave its mark. But we're doing all right. And then I watched Miley and Dolly's. New Year's Eve party. It looked um, amazing. I've seen videos. It looked awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that I needed to hear Dolly Parton sing Wrecking Ball. But oh I did, gosh, and it chills. was great. Mm-hmm. So did that, downed a little bottle of Prosecco, and went to bed. Turned on some Love Island and fell asleep. Nice. That's right. I forgot other activities. So I did all the 300, you know, what I went from God in 2023. And then I got a call. I, wa- I went to sleep and I got a call from my brother at 2 a.m. He was needing um, DD for <laughs> not necessarily him, but <laughs> for his friends because he, he played uh, Brasher's Little Nashville in, in Owensboro at a bar here. And um, he was needing me to come to the rescue. So I did that. It was a foggy night, but <laughs> you're like his Rudolph. Law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was kind of fun. It was really foggy though, and I was like, oh god. Well, but. that's very kind of you. You're doing mm-hmm. the Lord's work already, 2023. Good job. There was a police block or whatever what was it called? Traffic block. Traffic traffic block? Like a checkpoint? Checkpoint. There was a checkpoint and I just dropped off my last Uber ride and uh they were like, "Ma'am, what are you doing out?" 
And I said, well, I was a DD. And they were like, good job. So I got praise for That's it. good. Are you an I'm Uber? No, I was just joking. Oh, that I, I was, was like, Ubering. wow, I've missed so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Okay, this is the last thing I want to say but about all this. But um, So a couple years ago, who did I go pick up at the bar? I think it was my sister. Anyway, I went to pick up my sister at the bar and... <laughs> This whole group of, like, older people thought I was an Uber. They were, like, getting in my car. I have a video of it. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not an Uber. The same thing happened the other night. I was parked waiting for all the people to get together to get in my car. And this girl comes, and she's, like, opening my front door. Her and her boyfriend or husband or whatever. She's like, are you our Uber? And I was like, no, I'm not. So maybe you gotta I got to post that video. <laughs> I know. It was really, I got to find it. It's on my Snapchat, but... Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Well, I'm glad you had a nice and safe new year. Now we're here. Mm-hmm. New year, now same we're... us, you know, just spilling the tea. Exactly. Just spilling it. But I don't want to make that a revolution. Spilling the tea forever. 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 I need to make t-shirts. <laughs> but For yeah, sure. so we have decided that... This should be our first episode of the new year, all about Miss Shania Twain, but more importantly, uh, a specific thing that happened to her. So if you Mm -hmm. heard about it, if you're her biggest fan, like our friend Alexis Lynn, you already know, (laughs) but if you don't know, you better buckle up, buttercup, because here it comes. Oh my gosh. Uh, So I'm going to start out just giving a little backstory, and then Liz is going to go into the tea about the whole situation all right um so her her i was gonna say her maiden name her born name (laughs) or her name that she was born as is eileen regina edwards um she was born august 28th 1965 in windsor ontario and so her original last name was edwards but her parents divorced when she was two and um her mother would end up moving her and her two sisters to timmins ontario and her mother would eventually remarry a man named Jerry Twain, and he would adopt Shania and her two sisters. Um, and he, that was the cause of her getting the last name Twain. Uh, she never acknowledged her birth father as being her father. She, she acknowledged the fact that Jerry Twain was the one who struggled to make ends meet and put food on the table for his family. Um, she says that the word stepfather and like step siblings was never like a term in their household. Um, and though Jerry was abusive to her mother, Shania could never deny that Jerry was her father and said it would have been a slap in the face to him if she like denied his, his fathership or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, at the age of eight, her mother would begin to sneak her out to bars so that she could sing, which I find absolutely nuts. I mean, my dad, when I was little, my dad would take me to Nashville and like, get me into the bars like you know pay the band to let me sing and stuff but yeah this was like a legit um career like trying to get her to start singing mm-hmm. dilio and she would sneak out like to they would do it uh, would you say to like behind her father's back kind of oh yeah like I've, in a sneaky would, way i think so yeah so Shania said she wasn't a big fan of the bar scene, but her love of music and performing pushed her to continue, and she believed this experience schooled her in life on the road. So at the age of 13, flash forward a little bit, she performed on the CBC Tommy Hunter show, and I didn't know who Tommy Hunter was, but apparently he is Canada's country gentleman. And it cracks me up again, we've mentioned this on the show, how much I don't know why it cracks me up, but Canadians love country music. Love it. And I just find it so funny. Um, She performed in cover bands and one even traveled throughout Canada. And upon graduating high school in 1983, she was eager to progress her career. She started taking singing lessons. She already had the natural talent, but I guess she wanted to expand her horizons and see where all her vocal range um, could do. And, she was able to pay for this because she cleaned her vocal coach's house. So it shows hmm. how determined she was. In 1987, Twain's mother, Sharon, and her stepfather, Jerry, were killed in a car wreck, causing Shania to, became, to become the main caretaker of her siblings. And so Shania ended up moving um, her siblings to Huntsville, Ontario. 
and she was able to support her siblings by singing at the Deerhurst Resort. So that was in 1987 when the car wreck happened. So in like not in around the ni- early 1990s, her siblings were full grown, and she was still performing in Huntsville at the Deerhurst Resort. But there she had a manager. And she ended up getting a demo together, and the manager organized a showcase to present her songs and her talent to record execs. And this showcase resulted in her being signed by Mercury Nashville Records within two months of that showcase. (laughs) Really cool. Can you imagine? No. I think it's also very important to note that this is Huntsville in Canada, not Alabama. Yeah. I thought about that as I was researching. I was like, oh, yeah, there's Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, because it, it came on the documentary Jeff and I were watching, and he goes, Huntsville. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Bama girl. Um, so, you know, so we discussed how she got the last name Twain, but you may be wondering where the heck Shania came from because her name was Eileen Regina. But um, it is said, and I'm not sure who it's said by. It's not the research material I got. It didn't say it was from Shania herself, but it said that Shania is a... Ojibwe, which I don't know if I mentioned this. So Jerry Twain, her stepfather, was part of the Ojibwe tribe. And so um, it said that Shania is the Ojibwe meaning for on my way. But it's been disputed because there isn't a word in Ojibwe that directly translates to on my way. But there is a word that translates to someone is on my way. And I do not know how to pronounce it. And I'm not going to butcher it. But I could see where... Maybe someone could get it mixed up. Um, and so that's what some people have said. It's just someone didn't have a great understanding of the Ojibwe language, and they got the language mixed up. But hmm. who's to know? Um, so in the 1990s is when she adopted that name, Shania Twain. Her debut album, Shania Twain, released in 1993. And she re- received pretty good reviews, but upon release, it only hit number 67 on the billboard, and it didn't sell, sell well. However, um, future success would change that. So when it first released, it kind of tanked. I mean, it hit 67. I can't say that to myself, but <laughs> in, the, in the music world, it tanked. Um, so, but once she, she reaches future success years later in 1999, her fans would be curious about her own music, and that album would become certified platinum. Wow. So that's wild. I did not yeah. know that fun fact. Yeah. Cool. So, rock producer Mutt Lang somehow heard about Shania's music, and he expresses his interest in collabing with her by producing and co-writing. Their main communication for a long time was strictly over the phone, but eventually they meet in person at Nashville Fanfare in June 1993, which, if you're not familiar, uh, Nashville Fanfare is like the original origins of what is now called CMA Fest Mm -hmm. in Nashville, which happens around the same time every year in June. And it's crazy. And it's it's hot. It's a crazy time. It's hot, yes. Um, This interaction grew their relationship, to say the least. So they met Mm. in June 1993, and they were married in December 1993. Mm -hmm. Goodness gracious sakes alive. So um, Shania's second studio album, The Woman and Me, released in February 1995, this album would launch her career. Since her music career isn't the main topic of this episode, I won't be going into the nitty-gritty of that album and her career. However, Shania would experience so much more success in the late 90s and the early 2000s. She not only became a household name in North America, but internationally. And not to mention she became a crossover pop star and a fashion icon. Um, it's always interesting and inspirational to see that someone who is a, like such a huge star in the world has faced so many hardships. And so she came from humble beginnings. She came from an abusive household. Uh, she lost her parents. She had to parent her own siblings. And the biggest challenge that she ever had to face, Liz is going to talk about, and it turned her world upside down. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you take over and spill the tea. All right. Now I'm going to back up and kind of touch a little bit more into detail about some of the things that you talked about, Whitney. Uh, just because I I feel like it really comes into play about how she handles life, how she handles situations and stuff like that. So we talked about a violent household, right? Jerry, her dad, um, she speaks very highly of her father. It's her father. 
Um, she loves him. She talks about how, you know, he really cared for the family, took the girls in, all that kind of uh, stuff. And I, I just can't imagine what this is like because fortunately I was lucky enough to grow up with two very loving parents and I didn't mm-hmm. have to see this ugly side, you know. Yeah. Um, but he was very abusive. Now he was abusive to the mother. I don't think he's, mm-hmm. he ever hit the kids, but he would beat her mother right in front of her. And because they were pretty poor, they had a very tiny, tiny house. So their living room was literally the room that they all lived in. And right beside that, it's all one big room. Um, when I say big, I, it's actually quite small. But the other side of that living room is where all four of the kids slept. Um, I know that there were five siblings, but I think one passed away when he was a baby, maybe. I'm trying to think, yeah. Um, so really there were four kids. So that's got to be incredibly hard. You know, you don't, you're not getting lunches. There's no heat. You're growing up in Canada. It's fairly cold in the winter. Uh, you have to watch your mom get abused one night and then the next night you're all sitting around dinner and no one's like talking about this thing that happened, you know, which Mm -hmm. I watched her interview with Oprah and Oprah is very open about also living in, in a violent home. And so they were kind of bonding about that, but You know, since she had to handle all the arrangements later when she was 22 and when her parents passed away, she was told every painful detail about the crash and, you know, where their wounds were and all this, all these gory details. And this all comes into play later about how she desires details in order to gain closure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, She also says that she always felt her emotions really, really deeply, but she learned and trained herself how to suppress how she showed them. So she may look great on the outside, but really she's dealing with a lot on the inside. And I know a lot of people these days can kind of relate, but she taught herself to hide a lot on the exterior, even though she may be going through personal hell inside. So when Shania was going to the bar, she wanted to get out of the situation. She often talks about how she felt a responsibility to become famous, right? So then there's this bright, shiny rock producer, Mutt Lang, who helps her. And it's not that it was superficial by any means. She talks about how real the relationship was. But when a, when a man, it's like her knight in shining armor. You know, he swoops in. Yeah makes her super famous, even though everything they worked on was very collaborative. She's very smart. She's a very smart businesswoman. Um, She's pretty underrated in that sense, I believe. And she really disrupted the country music scene, especially being a female in country music. And I find it completely bogus that she's not an Opry member, by the way, Uh, considering she's like the biggest selling female country music artist of all the time. It's mostly if they're, um, you have to, you have to fit in a certain, um, like cookie cutter image. Right. I remember. Right. Yeah. So, so it's unfortunate. She's, she was kind of mm-hmm. like the Casey Musgraves of her time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she really like took, she saw the boundaries and she pushed them open on either side and she's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know what? I'm going to dress in a leopard and <laughs> a leopard, uh, get up with some midriff. And make this very feminist stance without being super in-your-face political about it. And it it just rocked the boat, which I like about her. But, yeah, so Mutt and her uh, really got along. They very much felt for each other, were very much in love. Everyone saw this relationship. So, you know, life was a lot. And she came from very humble beginnings. So... After they got married in December in 93, you know, her, she's still kicking ass in the music world. Well, then in 2001, they have a son named Asia, spelled E-J-A. And she kind of decided that she was ready to not necessarily run away, but she was ready to kind of just turn her back on what was going on and wanted to move to Switzerland to kind of live a more quiet life. Okay, uh, so the three of them would travel, Mutt, Asia, and Shania, and 
when they found this house, they decided to hire an assistant named, uh, it's spelled Marie, but in interviews, Shania pronounces it Mary. So Mary Ann Tabod, um, I believe is how you pronounce it, you think? Tabod? Probably. So she hired uh, Marianne to help take care of their Swiss chateau and undertake daily tasks for the family. So Marianne was married to a guy named Frederick Tabod, who is a Swiss executive for Nestle, Nestle Tollhouse. Uh, and the two families became very close friends. Shania is very open about how it was a very formal relationship between her and Fred, right? She was always hanging out with uh, Marianne, but Fred was her, her was Marianne's husband. So there's definitely a boundary there. They were right. only ever together in a group setting, never had one-on-one time, you know. In 2002, Shania decided um, to stay in Switzerland. Six years later, heartbreak forced her back into the spotlight when she discovered Mutt was having an affair, which interrupted their 14-year marriage. Mm. Okay, so how this happened was Mutt filed for divorce out of nowhere and it gave little and he gave little to no explanation as to why. So when Shania would turn to her best friend, Marianne, she would ask her, you know, like, do you notice that Mutt's acting differently? Do you think Mutt's hiding something? And Marianne would always say, no, 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 I don't think so at all. I think you're overthinking it. I don't really know what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. Kind of talk her off the ledge, kind of help her. And she would confide, you know, in Marianne. Well, Fred, Marianne's husband, uh, found hotel receipts, phone bills, and even lingerie sets, which led him to discover the affair between Marianne and Mutt. So Mutt swear. had an affair on Shania Twain, the Shania Twain with her best friend, which is crazy. And mm. it's like so heartbreaking. Fred told them that he had, they had to tell Shania. He was like, this is not right. You have to tell her. And they wouldn't do it. So he called her up. And he said, hey, I have something to tell you, but I I don't want to tell you on the phone. I need to come over. And, you know, she's like, Fred and I never had one-on-one conversations. So hearing him on the phone saying he needed to talk about something, that was very alarming. It was kind of a Mm -hmm. red flag, right? Well, he comes over and he tells her about this affair. And she thought he was crazy. She didn't believe him. She's like, no, no, no. I don't think what you suspect is right. Like, they would never do that. Uh, You know, really in denial. But she full on really thought that he was making it up. So then she invited uh, Marianne over to give her her own, you know, space to admit what was going on. So she was at, she said, is there anything you need to tell me? Is there anything you think Mutt needs to tell me? Need, you know, anything that I need mm-hmm. to know? Marion would say, no, 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 I, there's nothing. Oh, my. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And while she was there, Shania said she went into the other room and called Fred up and said, hey, Marion's here. And, and she's not admitting anything. She's not telling me anything. And, and I really believe her. And she was talking about how convincing Marianne is, you know. And that's the worst. That's the worst is when you are made to believe that truth is actually crazy, you know. And mm-hmm. then your best friend is there like, no, nothing's going on. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's so crazy. How cowardly. I know. Like, like you're so you're so big and bad and like untouchable that you guys can sneak around and you know do all that but you're not able to right speak the truth. and how <laughs> awful for Shania to have confided in her best friend all these thoughts and feelings and have your best friend just pat you on the back and be like you're no, nothing's going on everything's okay mm-hmm. and meanwhile you're like screwing his husband her husband it's crazy so Eventually, after she allowed Marianne this confessional time, and Marianne told her she was crazy, um, she slowly started to allow herself to open her eyes as to what was going on. And she slowly came to terms with allowing to see the truth, I should say. Mm -hmm. She went a whole week, she said, without eating 
and says she had a, had horrible chills. So she would take up to like five hot baths a day just to get herself to feel warm because she couldn't stop shaking and everything. And she was telling Oprah that she thinks it was the initial shock of her body, like purging this shock out of her. And so she couldn't eat, you know, she really couldn't get out of bed or anything, but she does give Asia, her son, a lot of the credit because she said, when you're a mom and you have somebody who's relying on you or you have something relying on you, it really forces you to take care of them and get yourself out of bed and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, caring for Asia, of course. I think he was nine at the time when all this was happening. And she tried really hard for a long time to not let Asia know what was going on because she didn't want Asia to, like, see her father differently. Or, sorry, see his father differently. So, anyway, she... Would take five hot baths a day. She'd wear parkas, scarves, wool socks, etc. She was freezing yet sweating at the same time, which led her to believe that she was dying. She really thought that she was dying, oh which gosh. was very sad. Um, in her autobiography, from this moment on, on page three fifty four, she details the physical pain she went through. So, if you read that, um, it explains literally everything I just said. She would give Marianne a few nasty phone calls and begging for details. So just how she got all these details from her parents' car crash, she relied on these details because she didn't want any guessing. And the brain is a very powerful thing. I'm actually pretty terrified of the human brain because it will let you think about every single scenario, you know, it'll make up all these different things in your mind, whether it happened or not. And so if you just have the details, then it's easier for you to accept, close the chapter, move on, you know? Well, she admits to how nasty the phone calls were. She says she's not very proud of them. (laughs) And I feel that. I mean, I feel that. (laughs) But if my husband was cheating, my best friend. (laughs) Right, right, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, so basically Marianne changed her phone number and Mm -hmm. ghosted Shania, never told her a single thing. She still to this day has never talked to Marianne. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I got interrupted. It's one thing to (laughs) cheat. Okay. Yep. It's another thing to cheat with your, with your best friend's husband. It's a, another additional thing to be asked about it and lie to that person's face. Right. And then to go ahead and ghost them when all they're asking is for details. Right. Uh, that's just. Oh my gosh. I've been there. I've been so desperate to know details, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know, especially when I was younger. And you get so extra and so dramatic about it. Like, I remember I had a boyfriend in college and he cheated on me with my friend. And oh. I'll never forget that we were all at this party because theater people know how to party, baby. And (laughs) this girl left the party. She said she wasn't feeling well. And my boyfriend never came to the parties because he was not part of the theater department. Well, she left. And then when I went home, like three hours later, I walked into my apartment and they were in bed together. (gasps) I never knew this. Mm Mm-hmm. What? And you think of all these things that you're going to do, okay, When if this moment ever were to happen, how bad you'd be, right? How <laughs> yeah. clickety-clackety, you ain't taking my man, you'd be. Um, my legs yeah. turned into like spaghetti noodles, and I just fell to the floor. I did not know what else to do. And yeah. I don't even remember crying. I think I was like literally in this shock, okay? And I remember begging them for details, like, when did it start? How did this start? You know, like, all these things. Yeah. So I remember being that, uh, that desperate. And then I even reached out to, like, his friends on Facebook. Like, that's how desperate I was yeah. for answers. And they didn't answer me. That's, that's interesting <laughs> because I think everyone thinks that you're going to be this Miranda Lambert, crazy ex-girlfriend, like, mm-hmm boss of a woman and like take charge when really I feel like it's more you have an emotional experience and like you're very vulnerable oh yeah for sure situation I think you're the most vulnerable betrayal is the worst feeling you can ever feel I truly feel that 
So, but this is what I, I love me some Shania. Okay. I always have, but researching this topic and really diving into the nitty gritty details and just her being so raw and honest about her side of everything and even her wrongdoings, if you will, if you even want to call them that, I can't call them that, you know, just because I don't think it was wrong for her to write a letter to Marianne. Mm -hmm. But in her autobiography, on page 361, she actually wrote the word-for-word letter that she sent to Mary Ann, okay? And it reads, Please leave us in peace. Please, I'm begging you. I am so low, so brokenhearted, I can't take it anymore. I wish you love and happiness, but I am dying and I can't take it anymore. This is killing me. Have mercy. I loved him so much and I can't cope anymore. I don't want life or love anymore. I just want peace. Why are you torturing me? Let it go, please. If you could see me crying and suffering, maybe you would have pity. Find love somewhere else, from someone else that isn't hurting two families so much. All of us have to suffer from the two of you. It just isn't right. Mm. Yes, ma'am. You did not write a wrong sentence in that letter, (laughs) Shania. What really gets me, what really gets me is find love somewhere else from someone else. Mm, No, when that hit me, I was like, she should put that in a song. That's a good line. Uh Uh-huh. We may may title that episode. We should title this episode that. Okay. It's such a sick one-liner. Like, absolute absolute truth now she calls this letter pathetic okay now some may just say a desperate attempt to get answers <laughs> some people being me but who has not had a pathetic moment oh i have them a lot <laughs> don't get but i mean like those those big moments where your heart you're literally putting like your heart out there for someone to like just crush it basically but you just you're pleading for answers or pleading for them to keep you from your heartbreaking, I guess. I don't know, but I've been pathetic before in, in situations. Oh, I've been pathetic more times than I can possibly count. <laughs> I really can. It's just part of the human experience, but I think so sucks. too. I don't think that this letter was pathetic though. No, but I think it was bad A. I'm trying to stop cussing. It was bad A. I know. Here's what kills me is when she reads this on Oprah's stage, okay? Oprah said, did you hit send? And she said, oh, yeah, I hit send. So clearly this was in an email. And she goes, you, Oprah said, you have given so many women the reason not to hit send. And it's like, but How? You know, Marianne still ran from the answers. She's never told Shania anything, which, what a little bee. (laughs) And she didn't stop me. I would would retype this letter. (laughs) Next, this is called a template. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is a script. Yeah, right? This is a script. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. God bless Shania, seriously. So... Oh, man. You know, she's really opened up about... This is what really gets me. Shania is such a beautiful person, I and she has so much grace. It's wild. Shania is really open about how her marriage with Mutt wasn't great towards the end and how it was definitely falling apart and on her end as well, which takes a lot of self-reflection to say that out loud, I feel like, especially when someone did you so dirty and you could absolutely pin all the blame on them to really take a step back and admit to the public that like, you know, I was failing a marriage too. Marriage is a two-way street and I'm married and it is a two-way street, but she's a bigger woman than I am, (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) but, um, She said marriage is a two-way street, and she's brutally honest about how she feels she could have done more. But she does think her marriage was ending in a way. However, the cheating became, this is my favorite thing, an interruption to how her marriage might have ended had it not been, had there not been an affair. That's such Mm -hmm. an interesting way to view your situation. 
Right. Right. It's like this marriage was probably going to end anyway. And it definitely did because you cheated. But who will ever know if we could have reconciled had you Mm -hmm. not cheated? Uh, So I just find it interesting. She calls it an interruption. I really quite like that phrasing. Who knows if her marriage would have lasted. You tell she's a songwriter. Oh, I know. She, these words. Very deep, very introspective. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I actually have a friend, RP, who is just so good with words. And Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes maybe he thinks that we're kind of poking fun at that. But I'm really not. I'm actually quite astounded at the words he uses. But his words are so delicious. Like, his words are like a dessert within the sentence, Mm -hmm. if you will. He's just such a lovely, he could be a songwriter. He has just such a lovely I encourage everyone to songwrite. I could not. No, think if every person just gave it one try, every person has a certain like a certain experience in life that they could write a song about, something that really got to them. Even if it the song ends up sucking, you know, it's still like putting your I don't know. I just I wish everybody would songwrite because I feel like there's so much missed opportunity. I mean, song. yeah, maybe you, a lot of them will suck, but a lot of them won't. But can't you just take my experiences and write a song from that? Like you? I could, but I feel like it wouldn't be as genuine. Mm. I mean, you, I, I, might, I might write a number one hit song, but it still wouldn't have the raw. Emo- I don't know. Maybe it would. I, I don't know. I just, I, I know the, the experience of writing a song and how happy you get after it. And like, it feels like magic. And I want other people to feel that. Do you know what I, I'm really good at writing are jingles. I'm really Ooh. good at rhyming. Not in a rap sense, but like in a pine soul, like here's your mop way. Oh, fun fact. Liz wrote our theme song. <laughs> in like 15 seconds. <laughs> I think I changed a few words here and there, but she wrote, like, the the whole song. I, my song was the hamburger, and Whitney put the cheese <laughs> and the toppings on it and made it extra <laughs> delicious, you know? But, yeah, I, I make up songs for Billy and Jeff and myself, let's not kid myself, all the time. And some of them are really That's catchy, good. I gotta say. Yeah, you should record them. Do you record them? No. You could, I don't. you could create a kid's album. Mm. Kids need music. Mm-hmm. Listen, I am an entrepreneur or uh, inspiration. I've always got ideas for stuff that I was like, I want to do and things people should do. Like, anyway, we're going off topic. I know we are, but <laughs> let me sing this song. So when Billy... <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> anytime Billy eats or anytime you give Billy a new food... She mm-hmm. does not know what quite to do with it unless you say, mmm, <laughs> yummy. And then she realizes, oh, this is edible. And so she'll eat it. <laughs> so usually I'm like, mmm, yummy, 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 my tummy, 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 yummy, 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 my tummy, tummy, tummy. And she'll eat it and she loves it. You could be the next. What's that lady on YouTube, Miss Erica? I don't know because I don't. Oh, Miss Rachel. Miss Rachel. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Miss Erica. <laughs> that that would be my YouTube name, Miss Erica. <laughs> no, you should totally look into that. I am. Um, that's copyright. Don't anyone steal my yummy tummy song. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just want to put that in there for public record, just in case we're about to go to court. <laughs> we have it. I have a um, music business degree, so. Oh, see, we have this. We have this side. recorded, and you've done the first. You've done the official first recording, so nobody else can take it. Heck yeah! All right. Okay. <laughs> now, getting back on. Sorry, that was a that was a detour. <laughs> that was a detour. Uh, Much yeah. like this cheating. <laughs> the cheating was a detour in their relation in their divorce. I guess you could say. Um. Let's see. Okay, so Shania said on Oprah, "You really should go back." All these listeners, you should really, if you're very curious about this, there are parts one, two, and three of Shania's interview on Oprah, because it really dives in. Uh, But anyway, she was on Oprah in 2011, 
She said that Mutt's affair made her realize that she was stuck in her life in many ways. She just felt stuck in a weird limbo of life. I have definitely felt that way before, Mm -hmm. so I feel that. Um, She called it a trigger crisis that helped her wake up and realize that her voice had closed up, uh, both physically and emotionally. Now, right before Mutt served divorce papers, she was diagnosed with Lyme disease, and it started to literally like kind of close her throat up. And so she really thought that she would never sing again. So she was losing her voice. She was losing her husband. She lost her best friend. Like it was a lot. It's a lot. Um, she had the, the term for like when your voice closes up or your throat, like you're unable to sing, it's dysphonia. There's another country artist that's going through that right now. And it's just like the thought of it mm-hmm. is so scary. Who is he that? went to he went to college with me and he's um his name is Devin what is his last name he has uh what I got he got famous because he had like a cover of Taylor Swift we were in um I didn't really know him that well but uh he we were at Belmont at the same time and he got famous from a uh, Taylor Swift cover and she tweeted about it well then he ended up getting on the Opry and everything so like his his career is really fresh like Really, huh. really fresh, and he's he's dealing with dysphonia right now. Did he sing Dark Horse? Yes, Devin okay. Dawson. Okay, I like that song. Yes, yes, very good. Um, yeah. So because of the fair, her physical reaction to the shock and pain resulted in the final diagnosis of what did you just say? Dysphonia, dysphonia. and then she had Lyme disease. And it, um, you already said this. But it's the condition mm-hmm. where the voice box is squeezed too tight by muscles. Which I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but... Oh, I don't care. I feel like there's a connection between Lyme disease and dysphonia. Because Avril Lavigne had mm. Lyme disease as well. And it affected her vocal. Um, and she's Canadian. What the heck? That is so said, unfortunate. I have a very good friend, Natalie Ness. She's beautiful mm-hmm. inside and out. Gorgeous voice. Okay, it's like literally unreal how good mm-hmm. her voice is. Uh, everyone should look her up. Nat- Natalie Ness. But she is going through Lyme disease. She's very open about it. Um, she posts a lot of kind of her journey on uh, Instagram. And it's rather painful to watch um, just for her. Like it, it, it's right. painful for me to know that she's going through this. Um, she's a freaking fighter, man. I'll tell you that. But I hope she does not get dysphonia. That would be so sad. Um, now, this issue left Shania unable to sing until she says that she met Fred. And like really mm-hmm. like I know that she met them or met him, but like, you know, really connected with Fred. Right. <laughs> so delicious. So. This is where things kind of take a beautifully twisted turn, which are Shania's words, not mine, but it is true. And the person she turned to during all of this turmoil was no other than Fred, Mary Ann's now ex-husband. Because (laughs) he was the only person that really knew what Shania was going through. Mm -hmm. You know, really, truly. So they started falling in love, um, which she calls twisted, but beautifully twisted, isn't it? Is her quote. It's twisted, but beautifully twisted, isn't it? (laughs) She is. Love it. Um, She first fell in love because she says that when she watched Fred handle the crisis and how he remained so humane throughout the entire thing and so composed and true to himself, it really helped her contain her composure and keep grace for herself and her son, which I find so sweet. You know, he truly, when you call somebody a rock, you know, when you're falling apart, Fred really was Shania's rock in the most beautiful way. And he had no intentions in making her fall in love with him. No, you know, he had no intentions in slipping into them DMs. You know what I mean? This was all just very This seems like a good idea to get a new wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, revenge bastard. Cold. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... So on New Year's Day, and how how cool uh, that we're like recording this. That is neat. <laughs> um, on New Year's Day, January first, two thousand eleven, they got married in Puerto Rico. 
They are extremely mm-hmm. happy, and I'm just so happy that this relationship um, kind of became the phoenix that rose from the ashes of Shania's horrible experience, you know. It's a pretty cool thing. Shania said um, on Oprah, sometimes bad things have to happen to give us perspective. Wow. Mm, She's so introspective. (laughs) So like, and that's just such a, people are so nice. I'm way too petty when I'm going through things to be so (laughs) nice, you know, like, oh, wow, I really have it tough, but it's really giving me perspective. I'm like, no, the world's going to burn. <laughs> so so has it, there been anything that you've gone through that helped you get perspective? Yeah, I think, like, I've, I think I've mentioned on here, but I've lost two childhood friends early, um, one in a horrific plane crash and then another from cancer, and that just puts a perspective in your life of, like, how how short life is and how precious it is to like tell people how you feel in the moment. Mm. Um, and then also my, you know, I've spoke last episode about my rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, there has not been a bigger slap in the face more. There's never been a more like reality check moment than, cause I used to think I was invincible. I thought there was nothing that could stop me. I could be busy, busy, busy all the time going. And it's just not that way. And it just like, it brings you down to and a big thing for me is I realize now that uh, everybody is struggling struggling more than they you can even tell. Like some people can put on a good face. Mm. So that, that's what I, that's my experience. What about you? Yeah, I mean, there have been some things that I've gone through, I guess, to give me perspective, but in the moment, it's very hard. I, I'm a very angry person, like not all the time. You but always when I, say that. And I'm like, <laughs> I know I just I get, feel that. I get very in my feels. I don't know if it's cause I'm a fire mm-hmm. sign or cause I'm a Fletcher. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but whenever I'm going through something, I don't have the wherewithal mentally to see the perspective until mm-hmm. I'm healed from it. Gotcha. You know, so like, I don't know. When when I moved across the country for some boy, what mm-hmm. a great decision that was. <laughs> and although it did, I did meet Natalie Ness in LA, but after, so he broke up with me on our two-year anniversary. And... Mm. I had just, this is the kicker. (laughs) I had just gotten knee surgery because I was about to turn 26. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I got to do this before my parents' insurance runs out. Plus, my dad's in the Air Force, so I had that sweet, sweet military Mm -hmm. insurance, you know? Right. So I was like, okay, I got to do this. So I'm like laid up on the couch, y'all. And... (laughs) Sure, it's been years since this happened, but like when you go through, I was so attached to this guy. I'm so glad that this breakup happened because, wow, I dodged a bullet. But when you're so attached to someone and then it didn't work out, your whole, my whole world, because I'm very emotional, just crumbles. I mean, I I thought that this was going to be the real, I like, I didn't want love again, right? Whatever. But, when I was in the moment, I just thought it was the worst thing that I could have ever gone through. Once I was removed from that situation and I could heal, then I, my perspective was like, okay, well, you dodged a bullet. God yeah. really saved you in that moment that, you know, because after all that happened, he didn't really go down a great road. You know, they usually don't. Yeah, so they usually don't. Phew, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, not to interrupt you, but like, this is a cheesy thing to say, but you can't call yourself a warrior unless you've been through the war. Yeah, and so that's what I always think is like, if you want to be strong, you there's got to be tests and tribulations and all that. For sure, but, for sure. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, you have Billy Ann now. I got Billy Bills. 
Gotcha. And you wouldn't have come Life to is the so Aubrey. much better. Oh, yeah. I mean, and me. <laughs> my life really, the road that I thought my life should be on, you know, got mm-hmm. shifted and cr- like incredibly shifted. And that's the right road that I'm supposed to be on. And it's such a cool thing. And that awesome. is the better perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah, it's pretty wild when you just going through heartbreak. Like, you know, a lot of my mom's friends who they're not just friends when you're, when you're in the military and you move around, friends really become kind of family. Cause you don't know anybody, you know, you really become mm-hmm. attached to these different families. And so we have three, four, we'll say core families and I call them all my aunts, even though they're just mm-hmm. my mother's friends. Um, but some of them have gone through some really rough stuff, and it's just like, wow. These, the, you talk about a warrior. These women are warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time we do an episode about a woman and we talk about all of her tribulations, all her trouble, I, I'm just like, w- women are so strong. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it amazes me what what women can go through and they can still, you know, be a mother, they can still, you know, put their children first always. It's just always. Awesome. It's like not even a question, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been offered a couple jobs that would have paid amazingly, but I'm a mother first and I didn't even right. bat an eye. I was like, no. Wow. The old me would have been, I mean, the motherless me, I guess. Me not be <laughs> Me, me not being a mother, I should say, right. um, <laughs> would have absolutely taken these opportunities in a heartbeat. But little Billy, little Billy, she changes everything. Billy and Ann. You know, I really love this detail. So, you know, Shania's going through all this. She never thought she'd sing again. And at the right moment, Lionel Richie's people call Shania's people. And turns out he was recording an album and kind of like of some of his or some of these really great songs and he wanted country artists to cover them with him. Mm -hmm. And he had no idea what Shania was going through at the time. No clue. And he wanted her to sing Endless Love with Mm -hmm. him, which is like, wow. And she's going through like, a divorce <laughs> and she's right. got to sing a love song anyway um she turned it down several times actually and he was like okay i'll come to nashville she's like no 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 can't come to nashville and he was like okay i'll fly you out to la and she's like no no no, i'm not gonna go to la and then he called her again he was like no you i really think you need to do this like you need to get back into it blah 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 blah, blah. i really want you that's why i've called right. you several times and she was so adamant about not doing it. And then that phone call left with her doing it. He convinced her to do it. She's like, we just need to like record in the Bahamas. I don't know why she chose the Bahamas <laughs> in the documentary. She doesn't even tell anybody why she chose the Bahamas. And Lionel Richie was like, you know, I have recorded in a lot of places, but never the Bahamas. <laughs> and I mean, if he's willing to fire here, there and yonder, might as well just take mm-hmm. your pick. Yeah. Let's go to Bora Bora, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And so they sing this song and she was terrified. She, right when she got there, she's like, I need to talk to you privately. And she talks about how she was literally trying to convince him that she could not do it. She cannot sing. She was terrified. She's so stressed out to this day. She was like, I, that was the most stressful I've stressed I've been. And I'm so glad it's over. But he was like, listen, we're going to go into this room and something powerful is going to happen. And we're going to see Lionel and Shania and it's just going to happen. And they went into the room, and they did. And it's a beautiful cover, actually. And so then right after that, she was like, wow, okay. All right, I can sing again. I can do this. She's like, the best way to do is just jump in with both feet. Right. So in 2012 is when she did her Vegas residency. And uh, she just got married in 2011. So she was married to Fred when she did her Vegas residency. Love which it. is pretty great. Such, so inspirational. I know. Um, oh, I was going to, if you don't mind, unless you got more to say, I was I just going to go through her accolades because it's so crazy to see a woman who's been through many, 
like sh- like tragic events and heartbreaking events. She's actually a businesswoman and a very inspirational person. So I wanted to go through some things Mm -hmm. um, that she's been able to do. So Shania created the charity Shania Kids Can that gives assistance to neglected children who are overlooked by government assistant programs. Uh, She was ranked number seven in CMT's 40 Greatest Women of Country Music. She has been named uh, CMA Entertainer of the Year, and she was the first non-U.S. citizen to, to win, and that was in 1999, and she was named Artist of a Lifetime by CMT. She's been inducted into the following, uh, Canada's Walk of Fame, Canadian Music Hall of Fame, Hollywood Walk of Fame, and Nashville Songwriters um, Hall of Fame. She has received the Canadian Country Music Award, and she had her own exhibit at the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville. Now, I, by just by chance, because at the same time sh- this exhibit was going on, there was the Loretta Lynn exhibit. Mm. So I went and saw the L- Loretta Lynn exhibit, and then I walked down the hallway. I had no clue. There was the cheetah outfit in oh. a case. So I, I've seen it in iconic. person. It was like, it was crazy. But yeah, so she's done a lot, um, and she's still, like, she's not even old yet in my eyes. So she's, she's definitely accomplished a lot and seen a lot in her lifetime. I'm excited. Her new albums are like freaking fire too. Dude. Poor. You talk about that leopard outfit. What she just showed up in at what? The ACMs? Oh. Was it the ACMs? Yeah. Something. Mm. Some awards. ACM, show. ABCs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> DIYs. I just, I, thought, I just thought of something, but we'll, we'll, I'll wait and tell you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, she looked hot. Okay, the pink hair, the yes. leopard, the the sheer midriff. Oh my god, she's making a comeback right now, and I am living mm-hmm. for it. I am. So, I'm like, let's go, girls, let's go. <laughs> I don't know who's on our marketing team, but they're really having her channel TikTok, which is so smart. Oh, really? And she's yeah, she's like, maybe I need to get on TikTok. She's really taking it in. Doing TikTok. That. I, they keep emailing me, and they're like, you have like 200 notifications. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. I'll see it in the reels Half in like three from weeks. Me. <laughs> um, so we will be making a TikTok. Um, we, yeah, I'm just behind on that, but we will be making one soon. But I got to tell you the story. Can I tell you that Heck it has yes, nothing related please. to Shania Twain? But okay, so I was just saying because we were trying to remember the the acronym for whatever yeah. music program she was on. <laughs> well, one time, me and my uh, at the time, she wasn't my roommate. She was just my college friend, but she ended up being my roommate. But her name is Marilyn Lauterbach, Mayor for short. So one day, uh, she's like, hey, do you want to go do this music video with me? I was like, okay, fine. Like, the thing to do in Nashville on a weekend is to go and be like God. an extra in a music video. So I was like, yeah, sure. We get there. It's for the Property Brothers. Okay. They, <laughs> oh my God. Listen, they are very nice. Their that's great. Their music lacks. Uh, I don't mean to be mean, but wait, 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 wait. Hold on. This they wait. make music. Yes. Okay. But this is very relevant because they're Canadian too. Oh my God! Look, <laughs> look, look what I did just now. But anyway, so we were on set and we get there. It's up in what is that? Printer's Alley. Oh. Okay, so they're, yeah, so they're, (laughs) like, in one of those old buildings, you go all the way up to the top, and there's this huge, like, condo that looks like it's in L.A. or something, and you Mm -hmm. see the whole skyline of Nashville, so that was going to be the backdrop of the video, and so we get off the elevator, and they're like, what agency are you with? (laughs) Like, modeling agency, and we were literally just there with Belmont, Belmont just, like, let people know, and so we were like, they were like, CCA or ABC or whatever, you know, all these mm-hmm. different acronyms for oh modeling God, agencies. CCA and we were blessed. like, we're, <laughs> we didn't, we, uh, we said something as, as we walked away. We were like, we're with KFC, like <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> oh my God. Love, so oh my we, God. I want to make you a shirt so bad that says I'm with KFC. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so we were on set for literally... A.M. to P.M. Mm-hmm. We did. We were in one room partying. We were in another room partying. We were up on the tables dancing, doing da 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 da. There is literally three seconds of my face shown in this video. Okay, and I'm sure it's because 
I was with modeling agency KFC. Okay, I, I'm not. I don't know these went. These girls are on this set. I don't know where the heck they were from, but I was definitely. I felt like a little dumpling there. Listen, I was so embarrassed. You are <laughs> the sole reason we have listeners, <laughs> because your stories you are absolute. Um, they're just the best. <laughs> I'm with modeling agency KFC. Wow, I'm gonna oh use that. God. CCA, my God, that guy I moved to LA with, he was with CCA. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. like, that was an experience. Oh my God. But I, like, I got, I'm like good friends like with the property, bro- well, I don't, not really good friends, but like I met one of the property <laughs> brothers, uh, great fiancés. We, we were out in the hallway. We were the only two gluten-free people on set. They got us gluten-free something to eat. Wow, because look at you. And we were, we were bonding. Um, he's the one that ended up marrying Zoe Deschanel. I don't know. <gasps> oh, okay. I don't remember their names. My, I used to watch their show and I don't remember their names. I'm so sorry. I, I'm apologizing like they're listening. Yeah. I miss those days though. We just go do randoms. I've been in a, uh, old Dominion music video too. Again, it was three seconds of my face, but hey, I'm in there. <laughs> but I am in there. <laughs> Man, I feel like we need a whole segment on just your Nashville shenanigans. Girl, it was I was always up to something. Always up to something. Did you never go tired. do music videos and stuff? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. So my friend Mayor, I'm also was, in production. Like that does true, not true. sound fun to me at all. But you me, have a I'm blast. like, how can I get in front of this camera? Somebody's gotta, um, you know? <laughs> yeah. So my friend Mayor, she is, she just likes, she's very, I don't know if she is much now. I feel like she, cause she has like two dogs now. I feel like she's, she likes being at home doing like, and she likes plants and things. But when we were at college, <laughs> we always wanted to do something. We were out on Broadway. We were taking some kind of exercise class. I did cardio kickboxing. It was she was just like always down to do something. I'm just so fun. fascinated at this whole secret life of Whitney Merritt because <laughs> you are not a germ by any means. No. But you like being at these things. I find mm-hmm. that so interesting because usually it's like the worst. I'm sorry. The worst of the worst are like at these things. <laughs> yeah. And they freak out about things. I don't. Uh huh. Like me, me out in the. Um, out in the hallway, which I don't feel, is anybody a germ for the Property Brothers? I don't know. But I was just out there talking with them. And, like, and then I worked for, uh, where was I at? Oh, it was when I worked at the Wild Horse Saloon at the Opry, little Opry shop there. And it was called the Nashville Collection. Um, the, I saw them walk in and I wanted so bad to run up and say hi, but they probably hey. literally did not. Hey, I was the girl on your video set. Like, <laughs> I was the other gluten-free girl with KFC. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so this last thing I'll say, walking. I just need you to understand how much of a little dumpling I felt. (laughs) So they take it. So we say we're with KFC, and we walk um, down the hallway. I can't believe they let you in. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) They open the door, and all of the people that are being in this music video are all in this room, and they're, they're gorgeous. Like tall, size two women, high heels. I was wearing something from Maurice's. Like, <laughs> not not I, the candy, right? No. <laughs> Reese's. You mean like no, Charlotte I was Ruse? Wearing, no, uh, <laughs> from Maurice's. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you are in your peanut butter cup outfit. <laughs> said that I was like did she think I said Reese's yeah okay I've never heard of Maurice's Maurice oh they're cute they're cute I'm dead so yeah it was just very humbling experience walking into that room and you're like in there with all these like legit models Mm -hmm. legit did anybody say where the hell are you you what agency are y'all with and you went KFC Oh, but I was so embarrassed. I was literally like so freaking embarrassed. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so funny. 
But yeah, yeah, we can do an episode about all our different Nashville experiences. Oh, I have to think because I can't. I don't know if I should. Well, some people may not be allowed to listen to that one. You know. Um. So I just want to quick give a shout out to Cornbread Morgan Williams. So for Christmas, um, which a couple. Like a week before Christmas, she texts me. She's like, what's Liz's address? I'm sending her something. I was like, oh, cool. She's sending something to Liz. Like, that's cute. And then, like, that next week, I get something in the mail from her. And I'm like, oh, she she was sending something to both of of us. And so I opened it up. And it's a freaking official spilling the tea tumbler. She works for a private logo in, uh, where is it? I don't know, somewhere. Somewhere. Um, (laughs) private logo in somewhere <laughs> i think it's called pittsburgh alabama or tennessee don't quote me just go look up private logo but anyway <laughs> i had to give her a shout out and also i remembered so last episode i talked about my love of honey mustard and when i lived in nashville i would randomly go to my car and find mcdonald's hot mustard on my car like on my car handle mm-hmm. and for the longest time i'm like who the hell is putting hot mustard on, like, a packet on my car. <laughs> Turns out it was Morgan. Um, but, yeah. That's I just, funny. I randomly thought about that. You know, I was not expecting something at, at all. At all. And I had ordered these custom Tastify leather coasters for Tyler mm. from her. And then she said, hey, I also... Uh, I was thinking about sending Whitney something. Maybe I could get like the spilling the tea logo or something. I said, oh yeah, like here you go. <laughs> like whatever. Oh Don't even think about it. And then I got it. And you know, you know that she listens to these episodes because she said you have a pink tumbler because it's close to Broadway pink. And I was like, girl, you yes. actually listened. That's specific. <laughs> Thank you. She's the best. The absolute best. She is the best. It's so cool. It even has our... Well, sometimes it's sweet and sometimes it's hot. I died. Mm-hmm. I died. She's the best friend I never had, you know? <laughs> As in, we never became best friends because we never really hung out. It's going to happen. The year of 2023, the year of our Lord and Savior, it's going to happen, okay? Okay. Can you write that down for one of your 300 things that you need from Jesus yeah. Christ? <laughs> I'm going to get cornbread <laughs> and list together. Well, well, was there anything else we needed to discuss? Well, just that in 2017, Shania released Life's About to oh. Get Good, which is about the affair and falling in love with Fred. So if you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. Say a little cheers. Say a little prayer to find your Fred or your Shania if you haven't yet. And amen. We want to thank y'all for listening to Spilling the Tea. Whitney Merritt and Liz Ent are co-hosts and co-producers. The show is edited by Jeff Ent, and the theme song was performed and recorded by Sam Mays, a.k.a. Chumsky. Follow us on Facebook and our Instagram at SpillMatee underscore podcast for show updates, partner posts, source material, and contact info for any business inquiries. Be sure to rate us whether you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you all again so much for listening, and y'all come back now, you hear? Hear?